Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Nick, Dan, and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches. We cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you already for being an awesome listener. And you know what? Let's jump right in. And we are back, Chelsea fans, part two of the London is Blue podcast this week. If you missed part one, go back. It was all about the Crystal Palace review where Mike said he hated Sesc Fabregas. And joining me on this podcast is Mike, <laughs> public Fabregas hater. Yeah, oh, man. this is horseshit. <laughs> so obviously part one was fun. Uh, definitely go back and listen to it. I may have embellished uh, a little bit of what Mike said, but you won't really. know until you go listen to it, Dan. Also joining me, my man, what is up? Not too much. You know, uh, I definitely am not slating says Fabregas like Mike is. And nice. I believe the reason we were blocked from following says Fabregas on Instagram clearly is Mike's hatred for him. I, I think it has to do with Nick not showing up. So I, I think it's all his fault, right? I like it. You were piled on and you deflected to the guy who can't defend himself. That's smart. And has no beard. So it's also kicking him while he's down. 
Anyways, part two is all about your social media questions, everyone. So uh, if you want to get involved, the best way is to support us on Patreon, even if it's a dollar a month. You get your questions at the top of the queue every single week. Um, otherwise, you can always send them in. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can even email us. And uh, if you're a friend of the pod or you're one of our direct friends, you can even text us as well. Uh, but before we kick it off, Mike... I did just, or I'm sorry, Dan, I'm going to kick it to you. I did just plug all of our social media. So maybe just remind them that we're going to London and it's going to be a blast. Yeah. Uh, I think we probably could muscle a extra spot or two, uh, out, but it is basically almost sold out our trip to London. We're going to see Crystal Palace. We're going to see Southampton. We're going to see Chelsea and we're going to have a wonderful time in the post Christmas bliss heading into the new year. Right in London, SW6, Stanford Bridge with our friends at XL Tours. It's going to be an absolute blast. If you're looking and you've been hesitating, um, it's probably the do or die time. If you want to be involved in that trip, uh, hit us up or just go directly to XL Tours because we are nearing the spot of no return where we will have to say no to new signups. And we would hate to do that if one or two more people are interested out there. So yeah, um, don't delay. Uh, if you have been delaying, that's a bad idea. Bad strategy, Brandon. Bad strategy. Look, it's the perfect Christmas gift idea. So get it on your friends and family's radar right away. Uh, they could easily take a huge chunk of the cost out of that trip for you, whether it's the flight uh, or part of the trip. So definitely don't delay. We do have a few spots left. But anyways, let's go to the social media questions. Uh, first one, uh, speaking of going to London, Derek, he jumped at the chance for our first ever trip and we are forever grateful for you, Derek. So here it is. Uh, he says that he's has enjoyed the discussion of what it might take to make Chelsea title contenders this season. He says he's interested in our thoughts on a related if less fun question. So if there aren't any starting level signings available this January and the current squad continues to play at about the same level they have so far, how would you rate Chelsea's chances at a top four finish, Mike? I mean, we're sitting in second right now. I, I think we have a pretty good chance um, unless, you know, luck starts going our, our, you know against us and we start losing matches uh, and either, you know, United pulls it together or Arsenal goes on a, fantastic run um but i still think we could I, th- I still think we have the players and the mentality to finish top four yeah if you look at 538 right now which is a wonderful uh statistics based blog um they have a club soccer predictions page uh for the different leagues and they won for premier league and currently they give us a 82 percent chance uh or probability rather of qualifying in the top four or top four for a champions league spot right now which, uh, you know, seems a little light considering that they give Liverpool a 94% chance. So we may have to have them recheck some of the math there. It seems a little bit high, 82% chance. Well, if you take our current form undefeated, I mean, yeah. you would have to essentially draw out, you know, to say, hey, we're still undefeated. I'm like, yeah, but you have 30, or you have 28 draws. I mean, that's an issue. Um, I mean, I, I, would, I would be confident if you told me I had to keep this squad throughout the rest of the season, knowing that there'll probably be some some upgrades. I mean, Spurs might actually buy a player. Um, you would assume that City will at least look to to build, as they always do. Liverpool will probably find a way to drop $50 million on a player. So I think that, I think that as it stands, it, it's hard not to have confidence. Chelsea 
are are finding new ways to score. Uh, multiple players are stepping up. We're starting to see a great side of Ross Barkley. Um, Pedro's healthy again. I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously, I think that the striker is still the, the big concern or the question mark. But if that is starting to get resolved as well, um, yeah, I mean, it would be you'd be hard bent to to not feel at least somewhat confident that we could finish top four. So, yeah, I don't know. Let us know what you think on social media, as always, everyone. But Derek, thank you. So the next one, whoo, this one is heavy from a man, Brett, on Patreon says, it kills me to write this, but Angolo doesn't look himself. I certainly won't be the one calling for his spot, but does it make more sense to play a Ruben in that role against certain opposition? I'm not sure if Sari's system will allow for Angolo to be in his preferred area on the pitch. This is one of the very few concerns I have surrounding the club right now and something I think we need to figure out. It's like having a Ferrari with a Honda engine underneath the hood. What are we doing with Conte? Um, Dan, we've talked about it, I think, in, in different aspects. We've always said Conte or, right? We've always put another name. And we've always been like, no, why would you not have World Cup winner N'Golo Conte in your team if you can? But I think Brett frames it just a little bit different in saying, are we misusing him? Do you literally, I, I don't know. I, I did think it was funny. He's like, well, Angolo is not in his preferred area on the pitch. Okay, you put Angolo on the pitch, right? We really were playing a 3 3 3 Angolo Conte, right? I mean, that's what is happening. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Um, well, uh, excellent question. First off, have to give the gold star to that question. Um, yeah, I think Angolo looks a little lost in this system, uh, particularly where Jorginho is the one that's supposed to be the deepest lying player, right? So Conte has to be a little bit further forward in the system. Uh, he's definitely learning the system. He's definitely uh, growing. I think at some of his abilities, it's not always perfect. Uh, Matt Law, uh, who's been on our show before from the Telegraph, actually name wrote, drop. Uh, yeah, a little name drop. Talked about that in his most recent article about how there's a lot of learning on the job for a lot of players, but most specifically right now, it's Angola Conte who is trying to master this new role. I think some of the distribution that he has from a passing perspective uh, and then how quickly he does or doesn't release it is a real uh, detriment right now to how quickly this side can move at times and that's not to take away from what he brings to winning the ball back and disrupting play he does that exceptionally well but there's an element to his game that's missing right now, Mike. And I think that that's where you see people asking to see like, well, what if we had Kovacic, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Barkley out at the same time? Um, or, you know, if we had, you know, or a combination of those two with Jorginho, um, or having Barkley and Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Jorginho out and then seeing what that would be able to accomplish. So I think we will continue to see some level of fluctuation in the midfield as it relates to, um, now in the end of the uh, transfer window in January, just to kind of see what we can do, Mike. But I don't, I, I, th I think Conte is a little, little lost right now. And that's not to say that other players aren't, but I think it's, you know, he is the world cup winner, but he's not perfect. Yeah. I, I don't know if loss is necessarily the, the right way to put it. I think that we have, you know, a seek and destroy missile that has nothing to shoot at. I mean, we had 74% possession in this match. 
so three quarters of the time, Angola Conte has to figure out what to do rather than you know seeking that ball and and taking it away. And I think this is just going to lead to personal growth um, and development for him as a player. I I don't think that. I mean, if you look at how quickly he adapted, like where he is now and where he was just a few years ago, I think he definitely has it well within himself. I think it's just. You know, just a matter of just trying to figure out what he needs to do. So I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's that tough thing in which, if we bench him and we lose, then there's issues. And you know, if you do something insane and you know you offer him to PSG for, you know, multiple players or or something like that, you're gonna, you know, it's blasphemy, right? So it's that we, we're, it's kind of a bit of that Murata problem, right? We, we should kind of be looking at another replacement striker maybe for Giroud or you know a true backup and yet we kind of it's like we have these weird constraints in which you know sorry has a lot to do to deal with uh managing the players in that position right now yeah this is a sensitive subject that i'm gonna tiptoe around yet again but bravo brandon bravo you know, dan hates and golo conte that's, is, that's what i <laughs> i mean it, I, I think this the possession stat is more interesting right like yeah he's there to win back possession if you have the overwhelming amount of possession, you're right. You're not. I, yeah, it's it's a it's a shitty situation to be in. Um, there's got to be way for him to find a role in in that team. You'd hope so. Well, well, and and to be fair, like look what Sorry has done with like Kulabali. I think is a great example. Like you see gifts of Kulabali now under you know, Ancelotti. And what you know, they're continuing to do at Napoli, and you know, play some pretty impressive four four two football. Um, like he coaches up players, so like the opportunity for Angola Conte to continue to improve and become better as a player uh, is not out of the realm of possibility. So again, like we're only you know a couple months into this project still. You know, <laughs> we, we, yeah. we all need to like the overreaction to like you know. We, we talk about a singular game, and I think the problem is when you talk about a singular game, it's all about the narrative structure of that game, and what gets lost is what's happened the 10 games prior to this, and what still could happen over the next, you know, 20, you know, seven Premier League games, uh, multiple Europa League games, multiple Carabao Cup and, you know, FA Cup games. Like, there, there's still so much to be written, so to just want to segment the narrative into one conversation about one match is, is really tough to not overreact. I, I got to agree with you there. I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, 27 goals and 11 matches and second in the table. And we won three, one. So who cares? Who cares what, if Conte's not having the best game ever, right? We're winning. So, so, so what does it, you know, if, if, if we drew one, one, then maybe we would need to talk about is Conte really doing what he needs to be doing, but we won three, one. So like, are we at a point where we're just slicing hairs and saying like, well, we really should have won this match six one because you know because City wins their matches six one. Who cares? You know, we're only six goals behind them, and you know we're we're just a few months into the to the Sorry project. So I think sometimes that I think we are people are spending too much time worrying about what Mauricio Sorry should be doing when the man is doing nothing but winning us matches and, you know, not losing. So I think we just, I think it kind of goes into what you were saying previously of sit back, get your popcorn and enjoy what we're doing. And don't worry about, don't worry about the next match or who's playing where, because it's, it's working. 
right? Mm, I'm trying to think in my head if Barkley, Kovic, Jorginho would have been more effective today against a crappy Palace team. Would you, would you put Barkley on the right or, or move Kovacic over to the right? It doesn't matter. They'd interchange. To me, I just think that if you have so much possession and so many chances in the attack, and you, you know that's going to happen against a team like Palace. I mean, he, I guess to me, it's almost like he's a safety vest on land. Yeah, that we play on the right side, so he can't really, you know, that doesn't, he should be sitting below Jorginho, right? So I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, Man City played Fernandinho, and they let David Silva, De Bruyne, uh, Bernardo Silva, whoever, run off him, and he just sits back and hangs out the whole time. Uh, ours isn't like that. You actually saw um, Jorginho pressing high uh, amongst the forwards, pressing and trying to get uh, trying to get back. But look, all right, we like this is something we're never going to solve again. If you have an amazing theory and a thought on social, please, please send it to us. So let's continue to move on a little bit. Uh, I love this little chat from uh, Travis on Instagram asking about kits. He, uh, he got hooked up. He's going to be at the Everton match. So, my man, have a blast while you're there. We have some friends, some of my personal friends from the Twin Cities Blues that will be there. Uh, so look them up on social media, Twin Cities Blues, and connect with them. Uh, but he says now that he's going to the game, he just needs to decide the kit he's going to buy. Who do you guys think in this squad is the most likely to become a club legend? Because that's the one I'm buying. I mean, Dan, not only did he just beg, no, I just want, you know, like my favorite players. Like, no, 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 no. I need you to predict in 50 years when they build another statue from this team, <laughs> who's going to be? Well, I mean, there's a couple ways you can go. You can go most surefire, which is probably Eden Hazard in terms of, you know, overall appearances. I think he's now tied for fifth overall for for Chelsea somewhere in the blue so I mean uh, you know his his legacy has written up to a certain point and we hope he extends and so yeah that 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 should be a pretty surefire jersey to get um you know you could get a Gary Cahill now not the most popular one right now even though he's just been named captain you know he's riding the bench a little legend Dan that was the question dude has won has won everything he has won everything that you possibly could outside of winning like a world cup for for england like okay you know i I mean another opportunity to you know just have you know a a winner's name on your back which is exciting Uh, has been a captain for the club as well which not every player can say uh you could do a gamble and try to do a long-term one get like a, a keppa you know maybe keppa becomes the next greatest keeper you know after like uh you know, Petrocek or Benetti, uh, that could be one. Um, am I missing something here, Mike? Is there one that we should be targeting that I haven't thought of? I feel like Nick would be saying assist Pelicueta. Um, well, his or, puns are going to be worthless in like three years. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you know, to be honest, I I have a hunch and, and I'm kind of sitting in the same spot because we're going back to London and, you know, it's time to buy kits when you're there. But I, I'm thinking Ampadu. That kid has real potential. And I think of all the youth, you know, I, I think Mason Mount has a ton of potential as well. But I, I think there is something special about Ampadu. And if you're going to take a risk, I mean, it's just a great kid to have. So that's that's what I would suggest, Travis. There's no way I'm saying a name. Um, but what I would say <laughs> that I like about Ampadu, or even the fact that you say Gary Cahill, it's let's think about this. Um, people look at legends a lot of the time 
because of their leadership. And I think that if you look at this team and you say Aspi, if you say potentially Keppa, because a goalkeeper is an is a natural leadership position. Um, you look at JT, who is the surefire next legend of this club. I think you might as well go buy that kit, uh, Travis. I think that that is the one key characteristic to me that really stands out is uh, you think of the late um, Ray Wilkins. I mean, the amount of leadership he had on the field. Uh, To me, that's always what I go back to. Um, Or like the all-time great players isn't always the best on the field, but they're the ones that motivate the people around them to achieve greatness. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, Same thing. Brandon, give us a name. Give us a name. Well, I, just, I said you should get JT. I mean, that's the only right answer at this this day and time. <laughs> for an eight, for an eighteen nineteen kit, you put JT on it. If his criteria is to have a legend's name on the back, yes. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just answering the question. Um, let us know what you guys think. I'm open to suggestions. Next one from Twitter at Hamid Bangura one saying, what is the best starting 11 at this point of the season? And what does Hudson Adoy need to do to make the game date squads moving forward? Well, I think Hamid, Ahmed, um, Moses being ruled out of the roster should immediately bump him up a slot. I think that should happen. The fact that we've seen Ruben play out wide isn't a great sign for Choi, but correct. I think that if Sari has now publicly made that claim, that you would assume that uh, Hudson Adoy can have essentially a role compared to the non-existent one he's had before. Yeah, we've had this. I've seen this question a bunch on Instagram with people sending us messages, and and I think my take is that it takes time to gain Sari's trust and to show him that you've learned the system and that you can play within it. I mean, we saw that it took time for both Barkley and RLC to do such. So my hope is that, you know, Hudson Adoy, who's just a little bit younger and, you know, less polished is maybe just taking a little bit more time. So my thought is prove, you know, he has a chance every single day to prove himself to, you know, sorry that he can play and he just needs to do everything possible to fight for on the practice pitch. And hopefully we'll see the opportunities coming in. All right. Well, next one up is, um, excuse me, from Larry uh, on Facebook saying, why does my cable provider seem to selectively not record my Chelsea matches, Dan? NBC Gold. It was on NBC Gold today. So that's why your DVR was conspiring against you. Not actually. The robots have not taken over yet. There's just package differences second half went to nbc but boom yeah but it probably didn't no. denote that on the uh cable description anyways you're larry you're welcome larry uh philip saying no questions haha yet you made it into the script um how about this one uh k germeza on instagram i'm sorry man i don't know what that means uh he says do you it's his last name sure um, do you think Chelsea has a chance against City, Dan? I'm going to give you a follow-up to the IT question. Um, in an individual match or in the entire season? In the league. Let's go like head-to-head. Uh, head-to-head, I think we will probably fall 9 to 11 points behind them in second place. I would trade home and away in a heartbeat with them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I would absolutely You know, take three and... Uh, lose three the other way you know that that's such a, a positive push moment for us um 
I mean, ideally, you would like to find ways to slow them down and get six over them and, you know, have it be a, you know, 12 point swing. But that's not, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen this season. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna do what we did last season and lay down or just suffer continually. You know, shout out to Constantine, this is my boy from Tacoma who asked a question, but I think we have a good chance. And I don't, unless we really make some outstanding signings in the winter transfer window, um, I don't think we'll have quite enough to give it get it over the edge against them, uh, unless they just find some really terrible form. Um, but I think it's going to be close. I think. I think given a, the the summer transfer window, I think we will be, um, you know, shoulder to shoulder, head to head back with them on equal ground. All right. Um, last one that we've got today. Uh, apologies for being short. Uh, but we've got is from, excuse me, from Luke uh, saying, for about 92 minutes, it looked like Murata was gaining in much needed self-confidence. When he missed that chip at the end, though, he made a face that looked like the one he makes when he gets subbed off without scoring. How much damage do y'all think that Hattrick missed did to his psyche? I don't think it was the worst. I think that if that was his only chance and he missed it, it would be a lot worse. But I think since he had two, he went for the cheeky chip. I've, look, he should have put it on the ground and slotted it past Hennessy. But because he was feeling himself and had a lot of confidence, Luke, I'm guessing he went for kind of the audacious attempt knowing that there was a chance it could fail. So I'm hoping it didn't affect him too terribly. Dan? I think it, I hope it made him angry. I hope it made him angry and that he wants to go score a hat trick in the next game. He's like, I fragile, want him. though. Remember? Yeah, that's what you keep on saying. He's not <laughs> He's not living his life as a bubble boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mike, is he broken after this? No, I, I didn't take, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think his face or reaction was as bad as it has been. I thought it was more of a, you know, a dope. I should have, you know, could have had it, but I'll get it next time. I'm not, I'm not worried. All right. Well, as we look ahead to Chelsea's matches this week, that is right. We are back on the Thursday Sunday grind. Uh, you know, as opposed to our Wednesday Sunday grind this last week, uh, Chelsea will be heading to Belarus. A shout out to the Twin Cities Blues going to that game. Travel safe, my friends, and enjoy it. I can't wait to see the photos. This is a Europa League match at the Borisov Arena this coming Thursday, November 8th. Um, huge talking points here. Uh, the last time we played Bate, it was a 3-1 win. In case you forgot, it was the Loftus Cheek show. I hope he can continue said form on Bate. Uh, as I look at their form, Mike, it looks like Bate aren't even playing league games right now because their last opponents were Chelsea, Pauk, Vidi, and then Arsenal. So it's pro- Hey, Brandon, it's probably because that's just the Europa League standings. Well. Because ours on the right are also Europa League too. But I don't know. I'm, okay, maybe. Either way, Bate Borisov, guys, are at the bottom of our group, right? So even if Chelsea's website filtered them out stupidly, um, I think that, Mike, we, we're going into this game, top of the group, perfect, three wins, um, nine points, and every single one else is on three points each. I mean, this should be show up, take the points, and come home, right? Uh, amen, and, and throw in the youth. You know, I think the only question that I have, and, and it was, you know, my brother had the same question is, if if Giroud has muscular issues, who do who do we put in at, up top? 
because obviously we want to rest Murata for Everton, right? So who's who's our third striker? I think you'll go with a, a small front three. Think so? Yeah. Dan? Yeah, I, I like the idea of the small front three. I think that could be fun. Um I think it's I think it's Will Eden even travel? God, I hope not. I mean no. let's like Again, like you want to compete across all four fronts, like sometimes you have to make the strategic play, and the strategic play here is like let Hazard rest so that we can get a full ninety out of him during the weekend, and really ask you know a little bit more of and Hazard or of um, not of Hazard, but let's ask more of Ruben Loftus Cheek. Let's ask more of Callum Hudson Adoy. Let's ask more of you know William who got a little time off uh, today, and you know full steam ahead. Well. My only problem with that is last time we let Eden rest, he was non-existent the next match. I think it was West Ham. So to me, I would take him and play him 20 minutes. Hmm. Uh, I disagree, but you know what? That's okay. That's what the podcast is for. An opportunity for us to have a conversation around ideas that are great, like mine, and ideas <laughs> that are not great, like Brendan's. Look, I just think history shows us that with Eden, the less he plays, the He's not. He's just not clicking on top form. But you know, who knows? Could be wrong. I mean, obviously, I would love it if he could sit this one out and then come back. You know, just stick around this weekend and then have an amazing performance. But Everton, it just the last time we didn't send him, he just didn't really. I don't know. Didn't didn't always click. Um, obviously, Mike, I think we're looking for a lot of changes in this match because, as Dan said, we do play Everton at the weekend in the Premier League again at Stamford Bridge, uh, and we'll be at the on the 11th. Um, Everton, as it stands, as we looked at the table before, they're sitting comfortable in ninth, if you want to call that uh, comfortable for them. They're on 18 points. They've won four out of their last five. I think that they're one of those clubs that Richarlison is, is on great form. Uh, obviously Zuma has been doing well there. Um, it, they're one of those teams that can play really, really well and then have also had some bad results this season. Yeah. I mean, we, we get the advantage of having, you know, they, they have to sit Zuma. And that, that 40 million for which Charleston is looking pretty damn good right now. Um, you know, shout out to Louise who had tried to convince the club to be the ones to buy him this summer. Um, that would have been a great buy, but I don't know. I, I, it, it feels like a trap game to me. Um, I hope that this is just a great, uh, situation in which kind of what we've talked about in the past that, you know, Sarri's effectively won the group. He can play some youth who've earned some trust that can take care of by far what's the, our worst opponent in Europa so that, you know, the rest of our team's ready to uh, take on Everton on the weekend. Didn't we call Burnley a trap game? We did, it, this is me. It, it worked out well. This is me wiping right. my hands clean of that one. Uh, what I will say to the issue of form, um, let's just – put this in perspective, they beat Brighton, they beat Crystal Palace, they beat Leicester, they beat Fulham, uh, and they've lost, you know, uh, they lost to Man United and Arsenal. So I, I, they also lost to West Ham a little earlier too. So I think they're, the form that we're giving them is maybe a little exaggerated because they are playing uh, some of the dredge, uh, dredges of the Premier League right now. Well, look, I mean, form is form, but as you mentioned, I they don't have you know, a great CV this season, right? They're beating who you'd expect. Uh, and they've got a couple of iffy losses on, on the rap sheet as well. So hopefully you go in, take care of the business and, uh, send them packing just like we have everyone else that, uh, 
Well, I guess we've had some draws. Anyways, whatever. You know what I mean. We'll take care of I think business. The, the, one, the one narrative point to this game is, does Ross Barkley start? And if he does, um, what does he do against Everton? Uh, you know, I think that could be a really, really uh, cheeky bet uh, for maybe a Ross Barkley goal, goal plus assist in this game. Because I think he's going to want to show up uh, pretty heavy, especially if the uh, mayor of Liverpool and his Twitter account is active at any point <laughs> during this match. What a disaster. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I think that Ross is the kind of guy who's going to want to go and score to prove himself, but then wouldn't celebrate. Absolutely. Well, I think this is also a match in which we cannot give Richarlson the opportunities, you know, the defensive errors that we have, in which, you know, he's going to score more than one if we're just, you know, if we fall asleep. So I think it's time to, you know, button up the defense and, uh, you know, be ready to play. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's do it. I think that that is a very solid preview on your guys' part, so well done. Uh, All of you that submitted questions, thank you so much. Again, get on Patreon if you want to get your questions answered every single time. But that is going to wrap us up again for this two-part special this week. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you are getting ready to watch the Bate-Borisov match midweek on Thursday. And if you do, tweet at us your predictions. We've been uh, putting them out thanks to Mike. He's been having us do match predictions for scoreline and lineups. And it has been fun, mainly when I get them right. So about once every 10 matches. All right. Well, anyways, guys, thank you again so much for hanging out with me on this Sunday evening. For all of you listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. But that will wrap us up for this week. So until Chelsea take on Everton and take care of business, we'll be back right after that to cover everything. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.